Lights. Camera. Do we still say Cinemagic? I mean... <laughs> no, I think I think at this point everyone knows it's Cinemagic, and usually I go into my little song and dance routine, but it is the holiday, so fa-la-la-la-la-la Cinemagic. And, la, uh, la, 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 Cinemagic. Cinema All the 12 days of Cinemagic. Rick to give to me. Uh <laughs> Tomahawk steak, fried beef tips that we ate at the restaurant in L.A. Ultraman, whoa, baby. Whoa. <laughs> well, welcome, everyone, to Cinemagic Podcast. Um, we're a little goofy and giddy. We've been missing because we've been out recording, wrecking ourselves. That's so, right. you know, all, all the sense we've been giving you, we had to pause it for a little because we just had to be out recording. We had to focus on, um, on shooting, on but work, baby. we could say it's a wrap for right now. It's, shooting it's, is officially it's a wrap. We're getting ready to start on post-production for this wonderful project that we've given you a ton of hints on. And that if you don't know yep. it by now, you should feel ashamed of yourself. I and really we are going to troll you. We're going to find what your names and numbers and mm -hmm. addresses are. And we're going to go Jay and Silent Bob straight up on you <laughs> for not knowing what you 100% need to know, being given the most amazing clues ever. We literally handed it to you, okay? So if you can't, yeah. you know, I don't want to, whatever. Yeah, we did. We did. I, uh, I feel like we handed it to them. But it's officially <laughs> a wrap. So now we can go back to our weekly podcast special week schedule i don't know it's i was our, trying to come up with something fantastic our, but i left it all for them for, for the film so now i have nothing for the box. yeah i just we, I, I i put all my creativity out there we're right? rebuilding we're rebuilding <laughs> tell you what though if you're ever in la check out and i'm gonna say this and john i think you'll be okay with me saying this mm. check out the double tree out in downtown little Tokyo they got a wonderful little plaza out there literally you could mm -hmm. do everything from Korean barbecue to hand time massage in one day and <laughs> no, buying and buying imported figures shops if <laughs> good markets good shops good importing oh great Fabulous. food i think it was weller court or whatever it's right behind double tree hilton um and little tokyo downtown la really nice spot so we enjoyed we enjoyed the time we spent there i want to say Fabulous. I, it was great. It was great. It was brief, but it was great. So, yeah, it was great. Um, and, uh, you know, as we get into this holiday season, mm -hmm. uh, this month, we're going to try to do some holiday stuff. This is the first one that won't be so holiday, but coming up for the rest of the week, we'll, we'll kind of have them themed because we were supposed to do this like two weeks ago and we want to talk about it. And it's really something that since we're podcasting is really, uh, you know, like, you know, we love it. It's with us. It's the radio dramas and their rebirth. Ooh. Ooh. And you know, it's really funny. You mentioned that um, one of the things it's weird because Radio is great uh, when you're listening to it. Obviously, anything that's auditory that you're, you know, uh, especially if you're driving the car, massive. I remember when um, <clears throat> you, me, and Amy were one in one of the shooting trips. We were listening to podcasts and stuff like that in the car because you know it was, it was a massive traffic jam. <laughs> uh, it's like a 59-minute drive from one area of uh, of LA to Calabasas when it's really like you know 15 minutes. Or something like that. <laughs> yeah. uh, so you know, it, with By all the time, way, visit the French store in Calabasas. Yes, they have great. Those there. people are great, amazing, yeah, and they're amazing. So, so but it's weird because, like, for example, I'm actually get, trying to get with, um, like, on DC Comics, listening to the, uh, well, watching the Radio Batman that they have on <laughs> screen, and I'm like, it's not the same. You can't. Mm -hmm. For me, with stuff like that, like I, unless I'm watching two people sort of do what we do, which is our banter back and forth and stuff like that, just listening to it. I mean, the banter helps obviously, but listening to it sometimes is just it can be tedious depending on the subject. I think. Yeah, I, and I agree with you. The DC ones. I think the weirdest thing is that they went visual with it, where I think Marvel's ones that we're talking about. If you don't know, Marvel did two seasons of a Wolverine radio drama called uh, The Long Night 
and I forget what the follow-up was called, but they did two seasons of that one. And they have they did a season of uh, Marvel Wasteland Star-Lord, and right now they're underway of Hawkeye. It's almost done. But that has no visuals. It's all audio. You only find it on <laughs> podcast mediums. And I think that helps. Those weird yeah. DC ones, I feel, I feel it takes away because they have the visuals. Because now you're focusing on the visuals. You're playing and it on your TV, and it's not the same yeah. as if you're playing it in your car and trying to distract yourself from bad traffic. Mm-hmm. Or if you're falling asleep, basically trying to relax or, you know, whatever. It's just not the same. Yeah, it's not the same. So I, I, I and you've told me to watch the DC ones. You're like, watch the Batman one. Watch that one. And I have not. It's it takes, because it I, takes I've watched time. like a little bit over it. it and I just time. can't. It, it, it's the Uncanny Valley because I'm just, I'm so focused on them just sitting there. And I'm like, well, if you're going to animate it, animate it. If you're not going to, then don't. But <laughs> Yeah, I, I totally think it's, you know. It, it, it's a weird bit. So I, I, but I am liking the resurgence of these radio drums because we've had podcasting. Podcasting's been around now for, I don't know how many years, right? Like 12, 10 years, 11 years, something like that. Yeah, and so podcasts, usually people talking. Of course, Serial has like telling a story, Mm -hmm. but the old school radio dramas, like they used to exist in the 20s and 30s, right? Mostly in their heydays, 40s, I would say about. Into the 40s, television. TV kind of took away a lot of their luster, but the 30s, I think, were their the only say. thing. The only thing really that, that, you know, and this is something that I think was cool, um, at least from radio, <clears throat> is the fact that a lot of stuff that was on radio, game shows, dramas, and stuff like that, a lot of that stuff made it into TV, and it, it demonstrated sort of what the level of... Um, creativity was back then because at this point you had to take something that was just two people in front of a microphone possibly with an audience and turn it into a whole production and i and i think that's really kind of where we started and and we're seeing i think a lot of that now Mm -hmm. you know with stuff going from television to streaming and, and and what have you but you know definitely that stuff one of the things that i enjoyed uh learning about when studying radio and yeah, radio's transition yeah, to TV. And we talked about it about Orson Welles and all this other stuff when we were discussing Orson you, Welles. You know, Orson Welles was movie. the was the voiceover for The Shadow, right? Yes, he was. Yes. He was great at that. I mean, I was like, wow, this this guy had a yeah. voice. And when we think of modern comic book stories, a lot of them, even visually how they earlier were done, were based off these radio traumas, like, right? <laughs> like the voices, the expressions. Even think of your Batmans with your pow and wow. That's That comes from this tradition of radio, really. Doing those sound effects and trying to bring that to life. So radio dramas back in their heyday you know, were the entertainment. They went all out for them. And, it was theater of the mind. And the thing yeah. is, the, I worked in radio briefly um years ago and i did as well and it was i don't know if you heard this when you were brought into it it was like remember this is theater of the mind so even though even if you're doing something Mm -hmm. that's themed for music or a specific audience you still have to attract the people somehow you have to have something and so oh, yeah. and I think that's what I, what was great about radio. I, I yeah. loved it. It was for me. It was very brief. Mm-hmm. Um, question of about three months, but I learned a lot, um, and it it helped me a lot because I learned about what those you know DJs and everybody goes goes through in terms of the process of having to attract a crowd, <clears throat> even if it's not the same thing as it was before. Yeah. No, no, and I agree. And radio um, was great, and I worked in radio for a couple of years, so I loved it. Uh, during college, I was a station manager. Nice. Uh, <laughs> I had to do, and I ran my own shows, too. Uh, my claim to fame, I should say my claim to fame, but me and my uh, radio partner at the time, who is now a congressman, that's a, not a congressman, a state senator. Nice. Sorry. He's a state senator now, but uh, we used to do a radio <coughs> show together, and our claim to fame was putting on Kanye West before Kanye West was famous. Uh, now I regret that completely. But <laughs> uh, wait a minute. First, well, well, wait, wait a second. First of all, due respect, it's ye. <laughs> second of all, second of all, all right. 
if you could step back like Kanye wishes he could step back <laughs> and see himself perform and how great he is or was or whatever, <laughs> you <laughs> would understand that he was the best that he could ever be. I'm sorry, I was I was trying to kill the ye jokes. But I, I mean, I could go with this all day long. And you know, if you're listening and you're in Newfoundland, you know, ye is actually you. So yeah, you know. so they're very confused right now. They're like, "Why do you keep saying you? What about you?" Yeah, <laughs> but I'm talking about ye. <laughs> yeah, no, I loved it. But you know, even when radio, when we do, when podcasting kind of took that over, is that. Outside of like this American life and NPR, no one's really like telling stories. You know what I mean? Like no one was really trying to tell stories no. or do a show um, or, or do like a television show on radio. Podcasting, of course, it was just mostly talking and skits and still people weren't still doing like a show. No one's doing no. a show. No. <laughs> so it's, it's hard though. It's hard. It is very hard. Because if you don't understand, again, the concept of theater of the mind, which, you know, I know you were brought up on it, being in radio, because it, it, look, it doesn't matter what kind of radio you're doing, you still have to be able to tell this, you know, what made um, a lot of these big shock jocks successful, successful a lot of the time was they would tell some story. Now, whether you agreed with their with their version of how to tell the story or whatever, maybe they were too graphic, Howard Sternish or whatever, they were still captivating an audience, maybe a bit too much being a bit overly graphic and overly visual, but you're still listening. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing. Now, how you use that, obviously, is a completely different story, but, <clears throat> but I think yeah, that... Really Radio became more personalities and talking and getting calls and doing this. It wasn't really about telling a story. Mm. It just really wasn't. Yeah. I mean, uh, in a different way. It was telling a story about like your crazy night or something, but not, I'm going to sit here and put on, you know, Wolverine the Long Night or, or, or do Wastelanders or what happens when Starlord <laughs> comes back in the Old Man Logan universe. Like, no one's really doing that. So the fact that they're doing that now is kind of like, I love, um, I, I've been listening to all of them. Mm -hmm. uh, and for those who are watching, my background is on the new one, Ghost Rider from C13 cool. Entertainment, uh, which is really just making movies now in the audio drama format. So audio dramas are going yeah, back in. that's great. That's great. Yeah, it is. And, and, so, and, and so movies are something that, wait a second. Wait, I, sorry. I, I have to say this. I know we're about like 11 to 12 minutes in, but Rick, why the hell do you have a raccoon on your background? All right, fair enough, fair question. So here's... We're talking about radio dramas, and we usually have our backgrounds to what we're talking about. All right. And I just, I, I need to know. So I the whole Star-Lord thing, it's kind of like a six degrees of Rocket. I love Rocket. <laughs> raccoon is great. Um, raccoons are very underrated animals. They're like little sweet, you know, uh, pandas of the garbage. And, you know, um, I've been hearing a lot <clears throat> about this documentary film um, about, like, welcoming people to a city just for raccoons, which I think is great. Don't, don't, don't you dare. Don't you dare. What? Don't you dare. Dude, don't you what? dare. Don't talk Dude, about that movie. What are you talking movie. about? Don't, don't talk about that movie. It's a documentary don't. about welcoming Is it not a... Wait a second. No. I need to no. understand this because no. I, I feel like I'm a little bit out of the loop then. Because I understood that it was about raccoons in a city trying to make a living like honest raccoons without having to dig for garbage. Am I to no. understand that I am wrong in this? You are. And I'm going to help you. I'm going to help you out. Please do. Okay. Oh, okay, I found this. Resident Evil. That's this is what game. it is. All right? Video game. This is what it is. It's uh -huh. Welcome Resident Evil movie. Welcome to Raccoon City. And who, oh boy... Oh boy! I feel like a lot that of movie, your. I, I feel. I feel that movie's a mess. It's, I feel it's like a, a mess. lot of your serenity has been messed with. Just, but I think this raccoon triggered you. I no, honestly, it's a mess. And the whole time we were talking, I couldn't focus because I was just thinking about this mess of a movie. Okay. Just absolutely mess. So of let's a movie. let's take a note. We will do a documentary about raccoons. Now, no, no, <laughs> no. It, I, I, we talked about video game movies. And we we talked, talked about, about video game movies games. in the past. And 
So it seems like we have shifted gears here. Um, and yeah, I'm, I have to talk about. Well, this no, no, I, I understand, to. and I'm all about you free. It up. You talk. <clears throat> I'm all about free expression. You know that, mm-hmm. and I'm all about proper communication. So here's what we're gonna do. First of all, let me talk about my thoughts, and my thoughts are I have none because I haven't seen the film. To be quite honest, I've, I've actually not seen any of the Resident Evil films. <clears throat> and is that a brag? Are you bragging? I am. Are not, you bragging, sir? Not, is that not. a brag? Because I spent a lot of my life watching terrible, awful Resident Evil movies. Are you bragging to me that you haven't? I am not bragging so much as I'm just pointing out that fa- I'm throwing <laughs> that out there, bro. Because I feel that people will know that we're being fair. <laughs> All right. So, for me, I know Resident Evil as the game. Played it a couple of times, like it, but I'm I'm not like you know, as as much of a gamer as I was back in the day. And we've talked about video game movies, and the mm-hmm. thing that we've always said: video game movies, either you really really love them or you really really hate them. And part of the fact is that you know, if you're gonna take source material, you got to know what to do with it. Um. When they made Super Mario Brothers, source material was a different thing. It was an 8-bit game. At best, it was the Super Nintendo game that had come out in 1991 or whatever. So it was like, we got to come up with something. And that was dark and actually not bad. With Resident Evil, what I want to know, Jonathan, is... Because you know the, the stuff a lot better. What was it about this particular film that you felt was different and, and, and didn't, you know, didn't maybe hit the video games correctly? Let's start with that. All right. Now, <coughs> I'm a huge Resident Evil fan, so I'll put that disclaimer. I've played every game, all of them. I love them. I've seen all the movies mm-hmm. out there from the Paul Wes Anderson. He had a whole franchise of movies. I've seen every one more than once. Uh, <laughs> I've seen all the CGI films. <laughs> I own literal statues of Jill Valentine. What up, Jill? Uh, <laughs> Leon Claire. I, I own merchandise. So uh, I am the Resident Evil fan. If you come here, I, I literally bought my video game consoles after a certain point based on Resident Evil. So I had a GameCube, nice. and not because I was a huge Nintendo fan, but because Resident Evil 4 was coming on GameCube. So I, nice. bought, a, I nice. bought a GameCube. That That's the person I am. So that, that tells you a little background. I love Resident Evil. I love it all. So this movie, which is marketed to the fans, okay? This movie and this marketing material, I can literally show you their tweets where they go, this is for the fans. Look at this fans with Easter eggs. This movie is made for me. It is up my alley. It is made for me. Or so you thought. Or so I thought. Right. And in coming into this movie, the only thing I could think of was why. Why would you make any of the choices that you made? And, and that seems like something so small, but it, every single point in this movie, it seemed like the decision that they decided to do was a decision just to piss people off and grossly be unlike the games or the movies, basically the games were kind of invoking right <laughs> so like so when we talk about video games and a, a lot of video games take inspiration from other mediums let's just be honest <laughs> they do true um artists we we take inspiration from wherever we have mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so you're thinking about a scary game that takes place in the middle of a house in the woods where people are isolated right and zombies are attacking them and they must escape the night that sounds like movies you've seen a bajillion times am i wrong rick that doesn't even have to be Resident Evil. That just sounds like a movie premise, right? So when the game starts, it's taking those type of presents and making it interactive. So when we get back at this end, we're expecting it to kind of be the same, right? The, the, the sense of tension, the scariness, the isolation, you know, all the things that you would want in the game. Mm-hmm. And uh, not want in the game, but want in a scary movie, right? Because the games are making you play through a scary movie. And this movie decides that, nah, by isolation, you mean have like a couple of barren characters. They're not well written, no scary times. 
and absolutely nothing that anybody would recognize as the characters, uh, as the settings, or at the location or plot. It's a it's a movie that makes you go, why? Let me who ask did you this and why? Like let, who who hurt you? Let me who hurt this you, director? Who let me ask you? you a question because, and you and I have talked about this a million times. Obviously, if you write a script, um, even if you get hired to write it. <clears throat> You'll be lucky if 20% of your own view, views get in. Um, do you think that this is one of those things where it's like someone says, here's what the game is, here's what we want to do, but here's what you have to do, and therefore basically just used visual source, but not actual story source? So this is the weirdest thing. <clears throat> Again, I'm going back to marketing and what they say, mm-hmm. you know, because this is... And this movie's not old enough yet to have a really dissection of really everything that went wrong, right? Because mm-hmm. no one's talking about it. No one will talk about it yet until we're at least everything's out on DVD. A few, a few months made in. It's funny. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, that's what people actually talk about. It. But this movie takes place over two games, which is a weird decision because the games themselves are all very differently and they take place during different time points. And this one decided to put two different events together. Now, the writer and the director are the same exact person. So usually I'd be like, okay, writer writes something, director takes what he wants, studio takes what they want and throw it away. But when you have a writer-director, you assume, and this is going to be my assumption, that he has a little more say in what he wrote and what comes to screen, what he decides to adapt. Now, does it seem like maybe the studio stepped in and said, hey, Maybe you only wanted to cover the first game, but the second game is more popular, so we want you to do both together. Maybe. But the original Resident Evil series with Paul Wes Anderson, he was allowed to do each game separately in and of itself and kind of accomplish smaller. So who knows? Those movies actually made a lot of money. Despite their critical quality, despite what I think of those actual movies, they made money. So I can foresee a studio going, all right, we're rebooting this, right? Um, you're writing, you're directing it. Guy says the fan, do what you want, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the budget's a little less than what they did with the original one movie. The studio could have stepped in and said both. Uh, it's, but it seems like a really weird decision, even on the writing, the way they put this movie together. It, it just really seems, it, it seems... Uh, that the writer made these decisions, right? I don't want to say the studio. It seems like the writer. Because instead of setting up a small Midwestern like town or city, to me, I always imagine Raccoon City being in Annapolis. Because if you look at what Raccoon City is and look at the city of Minneapolis, they're very similar. They're basically, basically both small Midwestern <laughs> towns owned by large pharmaceutical, pharmaceutical companies, right? <laughs> With research, you kind of own it and depressed and it's not too big not too small it really sounds like an apples but instead they threw all that out and said it's a dying town with only like everybody has moved and there's like barely anybody in the town so Mm -hmm. it takes the city and makes it a small town so that seems a decision again that the writer made right the writer director made and i was like maybe he's cutting costs going i don't need a big city i'll do the small town but it does seem like it's something that he did right and then for location wise, he would only use like one set of the location. For example, the Raccoon City Police Department, which is the sprawling like police department that's supposed to be a museum turned into police department. So it's bigger than what you think it is, right? right. Um, and it has all these iconic locations and scenes and he only really uses the main lobby of it. Mm. The same as the mansion, which the first game takes over, people isolated in a mansion and he turns it into kind of like a oh, they kind of just run in and shoot through the house and leave. Like, they make it very small and short. This big, sprawling mansion, they made it seem like a small house, right? And he only uses one iconic, two iconic locations from the mansion again. So it seems like the scale that they just kept cutting back, cutting back, cutting back. That could be part budget. That could be part studio. But the choices that they made, even within their budget, still seems weird right like <laughs> that makes can sense I, can Even i ask you a question let me ask you this because it seems to me like this is becoming a constant with a lot of video game movies 
and it doesn't happen nearly as much with comic books and I really don't understand why that is because the way source material is usually written there's a lot there there's a lot you have to cut out but cutscenes are a big part of it and if you look at <clears throat> and I don't know how much Resident Evil is but 80 or 90 hours of gameplay there's a ton of story there like, like with yes. the Grand Theft Auto stuff but so here's I'm going to tell you this the games themselves there's literally an achievement for beating them under two hours so literally yes. the whole story in the whole thing is literally the length of a less than the length of a time of a two-hour movie meaning if you literally put the whole thing from start to finish you could do it less than two hours if you cut the fluff because technically that's you know running the game is just cutting the fluff um so essentially the story so i think that's what you're getting at is the story there is there enough story yeah okay For so and, and 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 here's yeah. the thing though i feel and this is from an outsider's perspective listening to what you're saying that this is a part of something that's happening often where it's like okay <clears throat> we need to write something we need to produce something we got 30 million dollars what do you got Oh man, I got Mortal Kombat. Cool. What character are we going to use? There's like 80,000 characters that we can use. There have been 80 million Mortal Kombat games of every sort. I got an idea. Let's make this guy Sweater Man. <laughs> Let's have one good scene in the whole freaking movie. And then everything is just like watching a video game that you can't get away from because it's just one gigantic cutscene. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> I think that, you know, is this, do you think that whole. Let's make a movie that will attract a ton of people and let's like give them a carrot and bank on that carrot being the thing that they're going to be chewing on. Yeah. This movie is sold on rain, name recognition alone because even when the trailers initially came out, fans were very hesitant. It looked bad, right? Like the international trailer was a lot better than the American trailer. They just used poppy music to kind of sell it. Remember, this is supposed to be a scary movie. So they're using like bubblegum pop music in the trailer and action scenes. And it's kind of like, okay, that's weird. Right? <laughs> this movie that's supposed to be sold. A scary movie in isolation. Of course you can have action in it. A lot of scary movies have action in them, but they're usually sold not on the action, but the fact, the tension and the scariness. So it felt like this movie, and again for the writer director that, I don't know, they just totally, like miffed it they just totally just said uh i i i kind of know let's make a resident evil movie okay and they searched like the memes and they said all right i got i got it i'm just gonna do the memes right <laughs> and they made a movie based on the memes not based off of the game itself because even the game has like the, especially the resident evil one remake and two remake they literally do a lot the game developers and designers do a lot to frame things as if it was a movie so they're already giving you the template of like, here, let me frame it. And Mortal Kombat is a funny comparison because literally you could go right now on YouTube and watch the Mortal Kombat movie, which they just put all the cutscenes together, take away the fight scenes. And it literally is a complete coherent movie. Um, and they already have it. So the Mortal Kombat movie makes even more no sense because they could have just copied it one for one. Uh, so they do a lot of work about making it feel cinematic. <laughs> of making the game feel cinematic. So the camera angles and shot are purposely chosen to make you feel isolated, to not see to what's coming, as you would in a movie, you know, mm -hmm. to carry that tension. So they did a lot of work in the game studio. So the translation wise, should have been very easy just to literally pick those same frames and go with that. It's like you had a literal storyboard for the mm -hmm. game right in front mm -hmm. of you, because game design is putting images on right uh, that's like literally storyboarded for you with shots and angles that are purposely picked and deciding not to do any of it and it really feels like they just said hey man we got the rights we're probably going to lose them make a movie do this in two months i don't care what you do so i don't know how much the studio was involved i really feel like they were just like here's the money do it we just need the rights that's what this movie feels like. It feels like Roger Corman's Fantastic Four, whoa, whoa, but worse. Wait a minute. But worse. Roger, I'm saying this. Roger Corman's Fantastic Four. If there was schlock genius, that was 100% it. But like you said, 
it was to hold on to the rights because at that point what Roger Corman's plan was um, was to raise $44 million uh, to make the film and he was never able to do that <clears throat> but yeah you're 100% totally right but that's someone who you could tell respected the source material and was and trying his, his best. best with his budget to make a movie and I feel that in this movie I feel give us give anyone $30 million with the budget and we could do this better by just literally copying things that have already been done, right? <laughs> Look, and, and this is saying this, because if you're making the movie, you have the rights. So it's not like you can't copy, you literally have the rights to this. Uh, <laughs> put this stuff on film. But the characters are unrecognizable from where they are in the game, like unrecognizable. And I'm not saying you can't make changes, but there's a reason why those characters are there. And there's right. a reason why people like them. So when you make them unrecognizable from the originals, it's even such a weirder choice. Main choice, in fact, is Leon. Leon S. Kennedy, who, if anybody plays Resident Evil, they know he's one of the, and constantly on lists from Capcom and other lists, the everyone's favorite character. He's everyone's favorite character. So he is like the franchise poster boy of characters. The latest movie that was on Netflix has Leon in it. Like, right, Resident Evil. Leon's been in many more movies. Uh, than even Chris has, games he's always featured in. So we know this. So he's the poster boy and the poster child of it. Um, and in the first game, he's this rookie cop, but he decides to go back into the city because he really wants to help and he really thinks that he could be an asset for what they're going through. And even though he doesn't know and he's a rookie, he rises to the occasion, he tries to save people, and he becomes like the ultimate badass of the franchise. In this movie, He's literally a sniveling, dumbass drunk. Everyone makes fun of him. They call him a drunk. He can't do anything right. Like, he's literally dropping keys. He gets his gun stolen from him by a random civilian who literally calls him like an idiot. Everyone in the movie calls him like an idiot. And he's known for shooting his partner in the ass. And so he got demoted, and he's only there for being basically his daddy being higher up and basically flooding off and getting him a job. So they take like the character that everybody loves and literally turns him into a dumbass that no one likes. Can I can I interject something there? Because I think that speaks to something that I bothers me enormously as a writer, and that is um when someone says, I wanna go in and change the character because it's gonna have far broader appeal because First of all, look at the numbers that video game has done. Look, you know, I don't play Resident Evil a lot, but I know the numbers, and it wouldn't still be around, and it wouldn't be a commercial. Like, it wouldn't be such a hot property if it, was, if it wasn't if it was doing numbers. Oh, yeah. Millions and <laughs> millions of copies sold of each game. Like, <laughs> like Street Fighter, but watch Street Fighter, the animated film from 1994, 95, and we talked about this, and I told you that was, like, one of my number one films. Mm-hmm. You have story... And every character has a unique story, and like there's background between Ken and Ryu, or like training together and stuff like that. It's like, you, I, I mean, it sounds like they're just taking the character, and for lack of a better term, just killing its integrity and what makes the character so popular. Yeah. And it's almost like saying, yeah, it'll be popular for gamers, but, you know, people that aren't gamers need a freaking idiot. It's a, it's almost like if you're separating the audience, saying, well, you gamers are a bunch of clowns, and, they, and these people are also a bunch of clowns, but they're going to be clowns because they like the bad, you know, and you've got to, you guys are going to be complaining about it. And it's just, to me, it's like, really? Like, is it really yeah. necessary to do something like that? Yeah. It, it, <sighs> it screams of, like, not respecting the source material. Mm-hmm. Way more than the original Resident Evil movies, who, by the way, went on their <coughs> own trajectory, changed all the storylines, and looks nothing like the games, mm-hmm. somehow was more faithful than this at times. Which is insane to think that someone could take something, make it completely unfaithful, on purpose, right? And somehow still be more faithful at times. <laughs> it's like, wow. You're, and this is the and this is the movie that's supposed to be more faithful. It's only faithful in the sense that they have the characters' names, and, and the they have the location in the city. And that's it. And that's really it. There's a police station. There's a mansion. There's right, the characters' names. So I have names. a question. Uh, so I have go. another question for you. And I'm sorry, but again, I haven't seen the film. So no, no, no. no. Um, how long is this film running time wise? It is like less than ninety minutes. It's very quick. 
It is very quick. So it is almost exactly like... Now, I'm going to ask, did this film have the mortal the, the what I call the <laughs> the MK or the MC syndrome where it's like man you get in you get in you sit down and I didn't even see Mortal Kombat in uh, in in theaters I actually watched it you know, home when we mm-hmm. were doing the podcast on it I saw that that initial scene and I was like this is going to be the best damn video game movie in the history of video game and I, and we talked about this John mm-hmm. I wasn't the only one because you pretty much were thinking along the lines of the same thing. Oh, yeah, that opening scene was amazing. I mean, that opening scene, and I'm like, wait a second. You blew your budget wad, your writing wad, your creativity wad all in one scene. What the hell is this all about? Yep. Um, This movie never has any of those scenes. Nothing. There's not one scene in this movie that I would tell you. (laughs) The original Resident Evil movie with Paul Wes Anderson from back in the early 2000s now, probably old, um, Uh, has a much better opening scene that's true and faithful to the games than this has, period. The opening scene in this is not good. Uh, It never has a moment where you're really like, this feels like Resident Evil. Um, It's maybe one moment where they get close, but then they fuck it up immediately right after. Uh, And there's one scene where they're going over, and this is towards the middle of the movie, but they're going over the helicopter in the forest and you kind of see the mansion in the background, which is the way the opening game opens. You're just in a helicopter, you're getting some narration about like why the team is going in and then shit starts hitting the fan um, in the in the game. Which when you're watching this movie, you're like, and this comes in the halfway point, you're like, man, it would be great if the movie just started here. And it, like through all the things it just did and it just started here. Um, in there. There's a mansion scene that is pretty cool with the main character Chris like shooting some zombies at night that's kind of cool but it's a lot of jump cuts but that's probably where where they really blew their load of it. Um, when I say weird choices, there's a scene that Jill Valentine in the game is known for like picking locks and playing the piano. That is something that she's just known from the skill. So they have someone playing the piano in the movie but they don't have it be Jill. The one person in the game known for playing the piano. They don't even make it her. And for lock picking, again, she's known as the master of unlock of lock picking. Mm-hmm. They have another character pick a lock. So it's always like they make these choices that are just weird. Cause it's like, oh, playing the piano, picking the lock. Jill is in those scenes, but she's not doing it. So it's like, why, why would you even do it? Why would you even do it? All the choices are so weird. They recreate one scene from the game, which is a zombie turning around from the first game you've seen in the trailers. That one is a cool scene. So I will say that. That is a cool scene because it's finally nice to see that on the big screen. But that's about it. That's about it. I would say that's the scene they blew their load on was the mansion, everything else. You could tell that they they just had... they. It's so weird. Like, it's they had umbrella services there, like Marine Corps having. But instead of having in the games, like, they have their own, pri- uh, like, private military, uh, and own, like, squads and everything, they show, like, three in the background once and that's it and it's kind of like well why is it so empty why is this movie so empty why is the main bad guy which is supposed to be an umbrella company doesn't really have a presence why is the main villain literally in the opening scene and the ending scene and that's about it so let me ask you a question then because literally nothing else this brings up an interesting point you know a lot of times and we talked about this before you know sometimes the visuals in a film can be so stunning and so breathtaking that you're you're not gonna hate the film for being exposition. You're not gonna love it, but you know we talked about this with Dune. Dune was probably about eighty five percent exposition. Mm-hmm. Beautiful, shot. beautiful like exposition that. though. Yeah. So you're like okay. I don't recommend it, but I don't. I don't. I don't not recommend it. It's really. It's up to you to make of it what you would. And really, Dune has always been that, mm-hmm. unless all you're doing is reading the books. <clears throat> so my question is, and I think I know the answer, but I want to hear it from you. <laughs> Were there any shots? Was there any visual at all that you found that maybe could have been? a savaging grace to this film maybe had there been more sequences that way what are your thoughts on that in this in this context 
the zombie one where he turns around. I think that's the only redeeming visual. Because even when they were showing the mansion and the police station, two iconic locations, they did something weird. Like the foreground, for example, the police station. They had the foreground reception decks, reception <laughs> desk, but the background in the character was obviously CGI. Like green screen CGI. It was terrible. And it was like, it was so off-putting because it's like, why are you doing, like, why are you CGIing the background for what is a building? And it doesn't look like good CGI. It's, it looks like 90s CGI, like you can obviously tell. So the visuals there, and, and they did that multiple times, where they would show you a little foreground, but then they would CGI the background, and they'd be like, hey, look, like, like the video game. And it's like, yeah, but the video games are all CG. This is kind of really weird that the background's CG and the foreground's not. Uh, and it's very so noticeable. in other words, it's not the Mandalorian type situation. No, it's nothing right, close to right, Mandalorian. Right. Nothing close. Like, this is obvious bad CG. It doesn't look blended at all. Uh, the, the perspective scale is really off. Like, bad 90 CG. <laughs> the perspective scale's off where you're like, what? So there, there's literally nothing from, nothing except for that zombie turning, which is good because it's just close up. It's as close as I am now, right? <laughs> close up. And, and turning is such a close angle shot that you're like, okay, this is fine because they're not messing it up with this foreground and background. There's not, there's some creature features. You see a zombie dog that looks like a zombie dog. That's cool. We see a liquor, which is an enemy in the game. It's a long tongue, big brain thing. We only see one of them. Uh, the game is full of them, but we only see one of them. Honestly, even the 90s, uh, not the 90s, the Paul Wes Anderson older one had more like enemies in it and we barely saw any zombies. So there's not enough good visuals to even last us really for going through, which is why it's so weird. Like the zombie dogs look like zombies and their one zombie looked like zombies, but they had this weird thing where they felt like they had no makeup budget. So the zombies you were seeing were people right before they turned into zombies. So you really didn't have to like, zombify them it's such a weird letdown in a zombie movie you barely see any zombies uh which it's zombies walking dead was able to do it with the television budget and give you zombie after zombie for weeks and give you good zombies and this movie barely gave you any uh it gave you it literally gives you less than the opening two episodes of the walking dead it gives you less zombies than that so even the wide shot of Atlanta that's iconic from Walking Dead with all their zombies, we don't even get that many zombies on screen. When you think about a whole city or town turning into zombies, you would think like, oh, you'll get zombies. You don't even get that. And that's the weird choices. You don't even get that. It's supposed to be about a whole city turning into zombies. And you maybe see, if you're lucky, 10 zombies. So... 10. I'm literally like, if you're lucky, you see 10 zombies at once. So what I'm going to say, city. so what I'm going to say, you're probably going to beat me up for it next time we see each other. But if, if I'm to make an educated guess, I would say that <clears throat> comparatively speaking, Justice League Mortal Kombat and my octopus teacher are fucking favorites for you compared to this. <laughs> am I? Am I? I had to walk away. You knew. You knew it was coming. But am I? Am I? Am I going? Am I to think? Because let's forget about story for a second. Being shit. Okay. Because it's really the same all the way around. Really, we're going to talk about that. Okay. So this is this is what I will say. Uh-huh. This movie, and you know I don't like cursing, is shit all around. It's shit mm-hmm. direction, it's shit writing. Um, I'm not going to blame the actors because they're only given what they're given, but it's shit. The director should have given them more. It's shit. Uh, shit writing, shit directing, shit acting. Nothing is familiar. Everything sucks. The set design sucks. You don't even get to see monster design. It all sucks. And this is the first movie I went back to see in theaters, which pisses me off more than anything. And so if you ask me to go to the movie theaters right now and see Resident Evil, Welcome to Raccoon City, Justice League, or Mortal Kombat, or my I'm teacher. telling you at any... What, I'm sorry, did I miss one? My Octopus Teacher. Don't forget that. My Octopus Teacher, I'm going to say in no exact order, I'm going to see in this order, MK, Mortal Kombat, 
my octopus teacher, Justice League, then Mortal Kombat and Justice League again before I ever see this movie. And this is the shortest one out of all of them. I would never <laughs> watch this movie again. And it's not good to hate watch. It's not fun to watch. Like my octopus teacher was at least fun to hate watch. Mortal Kombat at least had a cool opening fight scene. Yeah. Fuck, even Justice League at least had high production value. <clears throat> there is nothing redeeming of this piece of garbage movie. It literally feels like it's trolling me. Like the director said, hey, Jonathan, I'm trolling you in particular by making this fucking movie. It's a troll movie to troll fans. It is terrible. I watch any CG movie I've watched uh, of Resident Evil. I will watch any of the original Resident Evils way before I'd ever watch this movie again. So, so if we were to compare this to, say, Last Action Hero, that's an Oscar-winning epic. Yes, I'm going to say this. See Super Mario Brothers. I see the Super Mario Brothers movie. And, see, you know, very see underrated. the Street Fighter. See, see the Street Fighter. John Claude Van Damme. Any of those video game movies are better than this video game. Oh movie. my god, I could not. see, see Blood Rain by Ubo. See Blood Rain. I, yes, everyone, that's how bad this movie is. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta do a little. I gotta at least I had meatloaf. I gotta do a little aside on this because, so John and I are shooting last week. <clears throat> And we're, you know, planning our stuff for the next day, talking about films. <clears throat> and uh, I said, hey, man, do you remember that line in Street Fighter where Van Damme, who's supposed to be the most American character of them all, in his very much thick uh, Brussels accent says, Hey, my son, it is a ripper man here to collect your ass. And I'm like, that doesn't even sound close to Midwestern. And and I'm, and I still... and I'm telling you right now, his guile was closer <laughs> to the video game guile than Leon was. Well, he had that tattoo. <laughs> he had the American flag tattoo, very colorful. By the way, <laughs> I mean, it yeah. wasn't. It, it looked. It was obviously a stick on. You know, like a. Yeah, but I want you to think about that. That representation <laughs> of guile is better than the representation of Leon in this movie from the video game. That's how terrible. I'm literally coughing. I have a frog in my throat. That's how terrible this movie is. Every decision in this movie is the wrong decision. I literally would love to teach this in a filmmaking class to be like, don't do this. Just don't do. This is the movie that you just don't do. The Room is great compared to this. Holy, that dude should have directed this movie. I hate this movie with every fiber of my being. It's a terrible film. Um, I hate the fact that I saw it, honestly. I hate the fact that I'm talking about it. I hate the fact that you had a raccoon in your background. Hey, everything. I raccoons do movie. not, hey, wait a minute, because I got to defend. Now I got to defend. First of all, raccoons had TV shows back in the 80s, uh, the, the raccoons. <laughs> An animated show, beautiful show. Uh, no, wait a second. They you, made a song no, wait, about Rocky the House Broken on Hulu. Did you see House Broken? It was a Fox show. I have not. But seen it was House the Broken, animated man. show, House Broken. No, it's really it. nice. It's about a dog therapist. They had a raccoon <coughs> character on there, and that raccoon character I loved. I did love that raccoon. Love that. Raccoons are lovable characters. Rocket yeah. is great. You know? Rocket raccoon is great. And. As long as you're not, you know, messing with them or whatever, they're cool. They're cool. They're cool little dudes. I mean, you know, it's it's not fair that raccoons should be misunderstood as a result of poor decisions in filmmaking. Uh, like I said, I thought this was a documentary about a city of raccoons by a lady that founded a city of raccoons. I was all excited about it. I was going to see it. I was like, man, I can't wait to watch Raccoon City, little did I know that it was a video game movie. Uh, I'm, I'm going to say this to tie it all together. If this was an audio drama, all right, you got rid of all the visuals because, again, the visuals are crap. Get rid of all the visuals, every single one, and make it an audio drama and a movie. It would still be one of the worst things you've ever heard. It, it sounds ever. like it was a terrible script. It was, it was absolutely terrible. <laughs> it was absolutely terrible. Every radio drama I've listened to, even Ghost Rider, uh, the new one from C-13 that I'm talking about, way better than this piece of crap. Uh, I'm done with this. It's the holiday. I'm supposed to be married. But instead, I'm a Grinch and a Krampus because I had to watch this crap-ass movie. 
fuck this movie. Oh, oh, I hate, I, I hate this movie. I hate it. I hate everything about it. Everything I hate about it. There's like nothing redeeming. Again, oh, I, I, I didn't even get to tell you. I didn't even get to tell you at one point. There's literally the Leon character because he's such a punk ass. He's supposed to be watching the desk in a police station, but he's sleeping, of course, listening to some Poppy's 90s music when an explosion happens right in front of him and a flaming zombie comes towards him and he never notices it because he's such a dumbass. Because he's listening on a CD Walkman that he can't feel or hear an explosion and zombies coming after him. Another character has to save him while calling him a dumbass. To be fair, though, I had a CD player once. Mm-hmm, and when you put the CD player, it covers, like, it's not an earbud, covers your entire, and maybe he was listening to the Cranberries. Maybe he was hearing, like, in your head. No, no. What's it going on, man? Sing Poppy with me. Music. What's Poppy music. Zombie, zombie. If it was Cranberries, that would have been good. <laughs> Poppy music. <laughs> like, the worst choice you could think of for a tense scene. Again, it's called the film. It should be called Welcome to the Film of Bad Choices. It is just everything they do is bad. And it's just like, why? Why, why would you do this? It is It is the worst thing ever. I, I'm i I'm done. I can't do this. I'm done. I'm done with this. You know what? See you next week. Wait, I'm wait, on. wait, wait. Don, John, come back here. Come back here, John. All right, everybody. Uh, I think, I think John has left the building. Uh... Leaving me to wrap up the podcast. So, uh, definitely, definitely don't watch this film. Um, and if you do watch this film, do not um, leave a comment to John about it. Otherwise, it's just going to be World War III. Um, anyway, we will be back next week. Hey, John, come back here, man. All right, come back. Right. Come back here. Say goodbye. Goodbye to the nice people, man. Come All on. right, goodbye, everyone. Never watch this film. I'm over it. See you next week. <laughs> goodbye, everybody. See you next week. <laughs>